Welcome to the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast, a podcast we are seeking to lead change, but also seeking to understand. We are also here as a platform for leaders to come together to unite, to develop, and empower other leaders in the areas of business, family, and community. I'm your host, Lafayette Lane, joined by my co-host, John LeBron. Today, we are joined by our special guest, Troy Sanders. Put those hands together, put those clap emojis in the comments section, cap it up. For our guy, Troy, who has joined us to have a special conversation on how to create content that connects. A little bit about our special guest, Troy, is a B2B growth marketing strategist who's generated over $150 million for entrepreneurs, SMBs, startups, enterprises, and Fortune 1000 maximizing business profitability by formulating strategy, strategies, building systems, and developing solutions. And today he has joined us right here on the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast. Troy, thanks for coming on. Thank y'all for having me. I just want to say some of the best moments leading up to this man the nurturing the back channel experience oh we i feel empowered as a guest on today so thank you all for the warm welcome let's go man <laughs> yes sir well listen man let's jump right into the conversation the atmosphere has been set let's just jump right in troy you are a marketing strategy beast and uh i love some of the terms that you have coined as a growth evangelist I uh, thought that was pretty amazing. And um, as two guys that have started a podcast for just over a little year, uh, we know how important content is, right? And marketing and strategy, we're trying to take it to the next level as such is our audience and our listeners. And so I just want to start off just in your specialty, man. Uh, we know that content is is absolutely essential, right? Uh, connecting with your audience engagement is absolutely critical if you want to be successful, especially in the social media and the marketplace. But how does one create content um, that gets that engagement? Uh, just personally knowing that sometimes you create content, the engagement is really high. And then that one that you think is going to do really well, literally flops. And it's like, you're, you're trying to gauge what it is, the algorithms and so forth and so forth, SEOs and things like that nature. How can we create content and make sure that we get the engagement that we're looking for? I think that's a great question. And I th that's a relevant question. Yeah. Everyone listening, you know it in your soul, in your spirit that, <laughs> man, I really wish my content would convert more. I really wish it would drive more leads, more revenue, more views, more watches, whatever your CTA, K KPI, OKR, whatever it might be. And I think the first thing it comes down to understanding you can only control when you can control. Mm. Now, this is something I've been battling with as a marketer, professional marketer for 12 years. The, the, the classic debate, quality versus quantity, right? And the debate goes, you have to have the best quality. And I always say to an extent, that's great. But if no one knows it exists, no one knows to look for it. It doesn't matter the quality. Mm -hmm. It's irrelevant. <clears throat> and so it's understanding the relationship of how the bigger picture is. We're creating content to achieve what? And yeah. understanding that the effort of creating that content is a small piece of a bigger puzzle. When we're creating content, many times we're thinking we're stuck in awareness mode. And that's yeah. just, I'm hoping somebody will scroll, stop look, watch, click, read, whatever. And in most cases, that doesn't always work. 
We have to go beyond awareness. How to create content that gets people to take an action is the key. Not just creating content. It doesn't matter anymore. But creating content is the bare minimum for access. It's like your ticket to even be able to play the game. But now that you got your ticket to the game, you got to take action. And so it's situ- taking your content and figuring out how can I compel someone to take action? Sure, you have the conversation of, am I using the right platform? Am I using the right mediums? Am I talking to the right people? Am I positioning myself in the right way? All of this needs to be kind of established that when you do create that content, you have your checklist. And it's like, do I do this? It's like when you walk out your house, what do you say? Keys, wallet, phone, and now you got to say mask, right? And before you walk outside that door, right? And the same way with your content. You have to have your checklist and make it make sense. Now, that sounds very simple, but a lot of folks don't do it. They create their content haphazardly. I think that looks good. I think that sounds good. Wait, does your audience think it sounds good? Does your audience think it would land? Now, it's a testing phase, but once you know where kind of your audience is, do more of what works, do less of what doesn't work, and understand that I'm done. Understand that when it comes to your content, it's a constant, evolving, optimization thing. So don't take it personal if you don't go viral, which you shouldn't be thinking that way. If you don't, you know, get a thousands of months of likes, you're amazing. And for validation, that dopamine hit in the first 10 minutes. Of you mm. posting something. That's not the case. But if you are consistent at longevity game, you know, you can post one piece of content that lands. And now everybody goes back to the beginning of your TikTok, the beginning mm. of your LinkedIn, your Instagram, your Twitter, your YouTube. And now everyone's want to know how do they start it? I want to go back to episode one and work my way up, work <laughs> my way back up. So right. you never know what might take off. It's just being consistent and knowing your audience. Mm. So you mentioned a checklist. Yeah. Right. To get action. I know when this is over, if we don't ask this question, someone's going to say, what about the checklist? Can Yo. you can you give some tips on what that checklist should look like? Yeah. Oh, man. You put me on the spot. It's okay. I work with this. This is what I do. We want to get in the weeds. Let's, Let's go, Troy. Into the weeds. Let's All right. Go. So one framework, if you know me, if you heard me, this is a very classic, but it's true. It's simple to the point. You want to apply DART, the DART marketing methodology. The D is to be direct. The A mm-hmm. is to be authentic. The R is to be resourceful. And the T is to be tactical. And I'll send all this stuff. So y'all don't have to worry about the list. Y'all, we got it. We got it. It's documented everywhere. And uh, so you might think, well, Troy, how does that help me out? The first thing, does your content, is it direct? Too many times we create content. We take snippets from audiograms from our podcast episodes or from our videos, or we write content short, long form, uh, micro content, macro content, all these different forms. Is it direct? Is it very clear from the jump what it is that it is? Is it a skit? Am I going to learn something? Am I going to get something away? You can't go in it with ambiguity in the first five seconds because all you got is five seconds and I'm out of here. I got constant real estate of scrolling. You have to compel me to get my attention. And the best way to do that is be direct. Coming in, hey, y'all, in 30 seconds, I'm going to show you a tip to maximize your content creation. Well, okay, that was four seconds. I know exactly what I expect to get by the end of me committing my time, exchanging of time for watching a piece of content. Now, mm-hmm. one thing people don't think about, time is the most expensive commodity that you have. Mm-hmm. We are literally exchanging every touch point, every moment, every interaction. Someone's exchanging time to consume your content. So your content not only better be of high quality, but it better deliver on what you're saying it's going to do. 
And so the best way to do that is be direct. The next thing is be authentic. Now, I know it's a buzzword. I know, I know. Everyone's just like, be authentic, be transparent, be yourself. But it's true to an extent that (laughs) I would rather respect someone for being, and I don't mean authentic. I don't mean tell all the tea. I don't mean tell Mm -hmm. your whole life story. What Mm -hmm. I am saying is come in as you are so we can be relatable. The more human and the more connection I can deal with you and see in you, the more I'm invested to stay and listen and actually hear what you have to say. And so the next thing is be resourceful. You, you cap on budget, you know, maybe you're bootstrapping, you don't have all the technology advancements or the software. Maybe you don't know the greatest thing. Maybe TikTok intimidates you. Just be resourceful in what you know. Be resourceful in who to talk to. Don't you know that if you collaborate with somebody, their audience now becomes an extension of your audience? Mm. simple things people just got too much pride and don't mind to ask hey let's collaborate on something and lo and behold we all win i like to say this too Mm. there's enough room in the sky for all of us to fly you just gotta (laughs) ask and make it work the last thing this is very important be tactical yeah be tactical if something's not working you gotta make some shifts sometimes you gotta make a makeshift thing everyone's gonna tell you what you need to be doing i'm going to be telling you what you need to be doing but you have to be tactical and apply what makes sense to your situational awareness to where you are and optimize it accordingly so dart direct authentic resourceful and tactical in the acronym that you just stated that was all fire and that last that t that tackle i think it is synonymous with strategy right having a strategy one of the things that you emphasize is being a strategy hacker. I, I was very interested in that. What do you what do you mean by that when you say that you're a strategy hacker? Because everyone, that's another buzzword. We have a strategy. You have to have a strategy for success. But what does that mean when you can't really tap into what strategy that you should really have in trying to make a successful plan for your success? You know, strategy, I've been trying to debunk the myth that yep. it's a set it and forget it. And it's not. Strategy is your GPS. And I tell this too, just because you create a strategy, I can't determine how fast you can get to your destination. I can determine what you will face. What I can promise you is once you have a strategy, you know exactly the line from where you are, part A, to where you're trying to be, part B. And no matter what happens, you hit traffic, you got to get off the highway, you get a flat tire, you get hungry, you get tired of driving, you made a wrong turn. It doesn't matter. Your GPS is always recalibrating to get you back on track. Hey, you're this far away from this goal. And what does it say? It doesn't say guaranteed time of arrival. What does it say? Estimated time of arrival. Mm. And it changes constantly depending on other variables at play. That relationship and correspondence to you driving to your destination is strategy. And you trust it because it's always keeping in alignment and adjusting with you. That's what you need. Not just set in and forget. I made a brand guideline. I did an outline. I did a projection of what I want to do in 2022. You know, maybe, you know, you talk to your pastor, your wife or your family. You sat down. This is all the goals and things I want for my New Year's resolutions. And I have a list, y'all. I have a list. But that's not a strategy. That's a checklist. That's not a strategy of taking everything on that list and applying and seeing what makes sense, what seems possible and making it, you know, applying the bigger scam of things. And then here's my action steps for today, for tomorrow, for next week, for next month, for the quarter, next quarter and beyond to slow progress to get to your goal. 
And so when I say I'm the strategy jacker one, I wanted to just stand out. Look, I'm being really honest. I'm like, it wasn't trademarked. Your boy got a trademark. And now here we are. But oh, beyond yeah. that, in my mind, I'm nice. a I'm an outlier. I'm a former electrical engineer that got converted to digital marketing. So I'm a unicorn. I can think analytical thinking and I can back it up with creativity. So I mean, I'm a bad man. I'm a bad man. <laughs> talk to talk, man. <laughs> and so when I think about strategy hacking, all I really do is take complexity. I eliminate it from your business equation mm. and I make things simple. When things are simple, it's easier to understand. And this is why I really want to be in strategy because people look, look like me. They come from where I come from. I'm from the um, greater Chicago land area. You know, a lot of black businesses, uh, marginalized businesses, people with lower socioeconomic settings don't get the same access. And yeah. so I love to bring and eliminate all the stuff and create a simple framework for people to understand this is what it takes to get to where you want to go. And the more simpler it is, it's a straighter line. And that's easier to maintain than all the squigglies. And so I just decompress all the complexity and makes things simple to understand when things are simple, they can be sustainable, they can be scalable, and they can therefore be successful. Mm. Yo. Wow. Really good. Um, so I was listening to the first, so the first time I listened to your show. I listened to episode 33. If you haven't, so if everybody's listening, it's a show called I Digress with Troy Sandage. Maybe we can put a link in the show notes. And episode 33 says, are you a pain reliever or a pleasure provider? And I first started listening. I was in the car. Coming, actually, I was coming back from a meeting I had with Lafayette because we have like quarterly meetings. Just talk about what we're doing with the show. Had, had dinner, all that good stuff. I'm heading back and I, there's a statement that said, are you Tylenol or chocolate cake? And I thought, and I sat there and I had to pause it for a minute because I wanted to like let it kind of me figure it out first before I went to the next spot. And uh, it, I still, that was probably a couple months ago. It still resonates. And I think it says so much about what someone's trying to understand what they're providing to their customer. Can you, can you like die and take that a little further? No, I appreciate you listening. I know. I remember I got the message. I was so happy. You know, sometimes people don't give you the tea back. That feedback, y'all know, is a podcast. Y'all just just makes it feel good, you know. Like absolutely, yes, I hit them. Yes, it was um, so but, good. It was so um, good. You know, like I said, I like to take things so simple. People yeah. know what Tylenol is. They know what typically most people know what chocolate cake tastes like. Yeah. And then in the same way with your business, are you relieving that pain, or are you just yeah. creating that moment of pure bliss and joy? And you can be both. I did talk about how you can fluctuate depending on the seasons and, mm -hmm. and the sales cycle and whatever the messaging is. But at its core, do they know you more for someone when in time of need, I need you to help me get out of that as a problem solver? Or do I need someone when I just need someone to give me joy and give you that hit of dopamine and pleasure? And yeah. so it's just understanding like where you feel comfortable with. And sometimes think about it this way. If you don't like to deal with conflict, you're probably not a Tylenol because you don't want to be a problem solver. That's all it is. You're dealing with conflict constantly. Stress up to here. Well, I can't go that far. Y'all see my rockets going up to here. And that. And for context, for those who are listening, there's, there's pictures of me with the rockets in the background. So yeah. anyway, anyway, I digress. Uh, no pun intended. And so the other thing is, if that's not the case for you, that's fine. But then if you love to make people happy, you just love to make empathize with you and connect with them and make them feel good, you're that chocolate cake. 
So it's just understanding which one are you. The better you it is that you know that from a strategy perspective, that means I know where my content is. I know what hits my audience right in the heart. And I want to constantly hit at that trigger because that's what they need. That's what they want. And that's what I provide. And so it's understanding. I love to say this. What feels like home base to you? Well, gives you that home court advantage. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a library of analogies, y'all. That's my thing. I'm sorry. But yeah, what man. is your home court advantage? For some people, it's problem solving. Here's a problem. I solved it. It makes you feel good. Or they were sad and I brought them joy. It makes them feel good. Both are valid. It's just understanding which one makes sense for your content, for your business, and for your infrastructure. And the quicker people can identify that, they know when to go to you for certain things. So is there a like certain amount of time that we've talked about the quality? Is there a quantity that's a part of the success formula? Like I see different content creators. Some people post, you know, five, six times a day. Is it is it doing that or is it just doing that solid content that you talked about? That's a great question. A phenomenal question. We can go mega deep. That could be a whole, you know, 10 weeks of episodes and we still ain't get to the decision. <laughs> like That's like you, episode two put, you put up. the answer yeah, in, it I gives like you it. that pie, which is constant numbers the whole time. But, yeah. you know, from my experience and what I've gathered, you know, through the years, you know, I like to think of it, the quantity that you need to produce matches the result you need to get to divided by how much time it takes you to make that content. Mm. There's going to be times where, you're going to have to sacrifice quality to boost quantity, or it needs to be timely. If you're someone who's talking about something very specific on trends or something that's happening in real time within the world, within your local region or your industry, what may have you, it actually burns you and hurts you if you take longer to produce that piece of content. It may hurt you or burn you if you don't produce enough of the content. And so it's understanding that relationship correlation of time to distribution, managing a certain level of quality, and then does the quantity justify me putting this effort to do so? And so you have to ask yourself, number one, if I'm going to do a certain set number, don't just pull an arbitrary number out some from somewhere just because it makes you feel good or just because you saw it from a book. Or someone just randomly, I'm posting four times a day on Instagram. I still have people telling me, try post seven times on IG stories, three times on Instagram, two reels and one post. Then I'll be sending DMs to everybody. I'll like my post 10, 10 hours later to give it pop up to the same thing. I apply that same strategy to LinkedIn. And it's just on and on and on and on and on. And it's just like, I'm like, okay, let's simplify this, please. Right. What's the goal? What is the goal? What is possible? What is the maximum amount of content you can create? Quantity. What is the maximum amount of, be real, add all the variables, the kids, the family, the lack of motivation, working a nine to five, the game zone tonight. Like what it is, you got to put all these variables in. I'm like, okay, I can consistently do two pieces of content a day. Then I ask you, can you do it in bulk? Can you take a weekend and just rack it up for the whole week? Rack it up for the whole month. Do you have a scheduler that allows you to schedule the content? Now, here's the key thing that I talk about quality. Sometimes people miss this one. This is a good one. Can that content be duplicated and redistributed in other mediums? What I'm saying, take a podcast script, 
you're pushing it out on YouTube. It's going out on Apple Podcasts. You take a snippet of it, now it's a blog. You take another thing, it's a microblog. Another way you do a Twitter thread. Another thing you do a various small thing of posts, series of posts that ties into specific timestamps on the podcast. You take another thing and now it's an ebook. You take another thing and now it's a video series of highlighting certain things. You take another thing and now it's an animated series. It can go on and on. Wow. That is also just as quality as high quality because now that content can be converted in multiple streams that also matches your what quantity. So it's understanding what seems capable, what seems achievable in your day-to-day. I ain't talking about adding extra stuff because you won't be consistent. You need to make sure you can hit those numbers. So this is where you shoot low. (laughs) This is your opportunity to go low and just go the lowest you can and consistently do that. And as things change, evolve and expand. Mm. So would you, for anybody who's kind of get relatively new or they've been playing with content for a little while, is there tools that you would recommend they can use to help with that quality? Because we found things, we we would make clips, do things on our own, whether we're using Adobe or whatever we're using. And along the way, we find little tools like, wow, this really gives us a level up from what we were doing. My biggest thing, excuse me, it comes down to price. Yeah, I'm really, when I talk to anybody, what is your budget? Don't sugarcoat it. Don't try to look like you flexing. (laughs) We don't got time for that. I ain't trying to know your financial business. I'm just talking about the budget to start making this dream a reality so you can make more money doing what you love to do. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a hobby, just to get yeah. the vanity up, whatever the goal might be. So there's freebie versions, there's medium paid versions, there's high paid versions. And sometimes depending on what you're doing, you know, it may change. So let's say you're a podcast and you're trying to distribute your podcast in certain ways to get more listeners, get more advertisers, get more supporters, whatever the goal might be. Right. And so we're looking at, OK, I need to have a higher quality microphone or OK, I need to now push my content out. So, but I don't, I don't have the budget. I just paid it for a really high quality mic. No worries. Can, is my audience on Facebook and Instagram? Cool. Bet. I can use Creator Studio and schedule my content out there. I ain't got to pay that. So once I create it, I can put it in there and schedule it out. And so my Instagram podcast, my personal account, the personal Facebook account. For, so all the people who know me through hometown and church and family can give me them likes up. Cause you know, sometimes we need to help me. Cause to be honest, sometimes we need that quick dopamine hit to say, we did something cool. I need all <laughs> to say, yes, baby. That podcast episode was amazing. Okay. Unscripted leadership was the, the bomb.com. Okay. And then all the times you, you get what I'm saying, but yeah. that's just an easy way to do it for free. Now, if we're talking a little bit more paid where you're trying to do multiple spectrums of LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Okay. You might talk about the Agora pulses of the world, the buffers, um, Hootsuite and other platforms like that. Um, you may use later if you're trying to get very focused on IG. Um, so it's understanding what platform makes sense and what your budget, because that's really going to determine what options are available to you. Then also, what's the learning curve? I don't want to give someone as much as I respect for social. I don't want to just recommend someone sprout social. They A, don't have the budget for it. And then B, um, don't have the learning curve to learn how to use it. You have all these features that you're paying for that you don't use. There's no point of, of applying that. So going back to the point, because I, I don't do, I'm sorry, I'm being really long winded right here. Yeah. Uh, when it comes yeah. to content distribution, price matters of what you can do. Yeah. Where's your audience? And then understanding how can you apply that? And if you have the budget, make it make sense. Just don't burn all your budget on ads. I'd rather people focus more on organic content that lays the foundation. That ain't going nowhere. You can always get wins from your organic. And then when you're in a better place, apply paid ads in very minute ways until you can see it works to 
amplify your account. But if you're going only on paid to get that immediate exposure, but you don't have an organic library of content on your YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, whatever your social platform is to validate you, no one's going to stay. You can bring them to the door, but they got to stay. They got to open the door and stay. Hmm. We had had a few comments lately about people asking, hey, how did you create that or this? And who's doing that? And who are you paying? I'm like, we don't pay anybody, but yeah. we started using things like Canva Pro. It's 13 bucks a month. It makes things look amazing. Yep. You know, of course, can you go keep going? For sure. But, you know, there's it was just an easy tool that was affordable for anybody. Right. Um, Canva. There's even and a free version. Sorry. And I love to add that too, is that, you know, I want to just debunk this myth right now. Well, everyone else is using Canva. It has that Canva look. I don't want to use it. Hogwash. Because guess what? Most folk don't even know, aren't even in the back end of what you do. You're looking at everyone who knows and identify with it. Most folk won't even know. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even matter if they do know. Because if they engage with it and they rock with it and you build your community because of it, who cares? Do what makes sense in your budget, in your range, and all your time. What would you say to those content creators who are trying to convert their content to currency? Mm-hmm. As in NFTs, or I mean, more so conversions to get Sorry. paid from their to get paid from the content that they are making and distributing. Like, I how always, do I leverage this to start generating income? You can't start with creating the content because it won't okay. work. You have to start with the plan. Who am I attracting? How can I position myself accordingly? So I did this with my wife as a test. So she'll appreciate this. I'm sure she'll listen now. (laughs) Um, So uh, I said, hey, how about I bet you I can present your Instagram account as a basic IG model, talking Jay-Z Pena style, y'all. Nothing outside of that. Um, Of just wholesome stuff and seeing if we can get a sponsor to do a photo shoot with you. And so we strategically did content in a certain way. And we thought we have to show certain brands. So we would take pictures strategically with certain brand placements and our messaging and tone would be all about the brand. So now when we're pushing out the content, the brand that we're specifically targeting and those who are seeing the content in their minds are looking at it as if it's conditioned as an ad. They're seeing mm. the potential. They're seeing how this could drive more people to buy the product. And we did all that framework before we even began shooting video, photos, whatever. And we put out a package and that was a post. In the same way, when you're trying to get people to convert with your content, you have to have position and placement necessary in place already before you even start the shoot, before you even create whatever your form of content of choice is. That way, you know you're in the right place. You're speaking the right language. You know how long the length needs to be. You know what platform it needs to be on and how it needs to be molded, what hashtags to emphasize, what wording to do. And look at those who are winning. Empathize that, apply that, and initialize it into what you're already doing. That's going to make, set you up for success much better than just creating something random and hoping someone's going to find the value to pay you 5K, 10K, 25K for it. Mm. Go ahead, bro. So then I heard another episode that I really liked. I said I had two that were my favorites. Episode 37 just came out. It was how to build trust currency. Oh wow! And you said very first <laughs> statement, and I listened to the rest of it because the first statement had me hooked. It said, um, "Trust is COVID proof." <laughs> remember that? Oh, I remember. A lot of folk lost their minds on that one. <laughs> yes, and I was like, "This is super interesting." And obviously, as you can under, you can probably guess what the episode's about. Go listen to it. But it's talking about building trust 
with your audience, with your um, customers and so forth. I had a question and then maybe you can dig into that a little bit. That would be amazing. But to go with that is the question I had when I was listening to it is, is it possible to build trust with someone? Cause you were talking about building trust even through sales and so forth. How do you build trust with someone when you have very little rapport? Hmm. That's a great question. That's a great question. And I'll answer it simply this. What does everyone need? They need to feel like they belong and they need to feel connected and they need to feel heard. If you can do those three things, it doesn't matter. You're going to build trust. Now it might not, it might be a little flame. <laughs> it might be a few a humongous flame. Yeah. It's still a flame <laughs> that counts. You can always and blow it and make the flame bigger. Yeah. And so in any conversation I have, whether I've never met them before or what have you, you know, and whether you're an introvert, extrovert, ambivert, it doesn't matter. The process is still the same. Everyone wants to feel like they belong. You know, everyone wants to feel heard and they want to feel supported. They want to have that connection. And so it's just creating the path where that space for that to happen. And what do we always do to start off with that? No matter what, we ask a question. Yeah. The easiest way to get trust, to start having trust, is ask a good question. I ain't talking about what's your name. You know what I guess I tell people like, what makes you happy? A, that throws a lot of people off because they think I'm going to ask them, you know, their job, age, mm-hmm. occupation, the whole list. No, what, what makes you happy? And you'll see them light up. And you never know. It's the mystery box. You never know what might happen. But if you get them to talk, now I have earned their trust. Now there's a conversation, there's space to be had that trust can really form and develop. But in the, in the same way, let's say we, we can't technically talk to them kind of in this moment i can't i'm the listeners are hearing me but they can't specifically like respond back though i feel like they're gasping like snapping their fingers or whatever um <laughs> i imagine this is what we're talking about like yes yes but in the same way you can still insinuate those questions internally the rhetorical questions you can create a visual paint a picture that now they are having a moment with you and now they trust you and that's all that needs to get started whether no matter the industry no matter the purpose yeah We've been talking about social media, connectivity and engagement and those things. And everyone seems to be busy. Um, You made a post on your Instagram. You said, stop praising being busy. Y'all did your homework. uh, I love that. I love that. Can you unpack that statement for us, Troy? I don't know if y'all ready. I don't know if I'm ready for it because I'm guilty (laughs) of it, too. You yeah. have to stop yeah. praising the act of being busy. Being yeah. busy is not an answer. Imagine someone is, how you doing? Living. What? How you doing? I'm living. That's how you sound when you say, oh, I'm, I'm busy. That's not an <laughs> answer. <laughs> that is a process. Give us yeah. an answer. You're not giving us anything. So we have to unpack busyness. We need to stop associating, and I blame hustle culture. Uh, busyness is a rite of passage to success that we want. And I'm here to debunk that myth right now. It is not. All you young cats, those trying to do the things, yes, there are seasons that hustle happens. There are moments in life, whether you're religious or not, that you're in a dark place and you got to grind it out <laughs> and hope for the best. But that is not how you're meant to design to strive um, to be successful, you busy does does is not the way. 
The less busy you are and the most in focus you are with intent of your actions will reap more benefits of efforts that reap to success, that gets you to where you want to be. And so it is a mindset shift. We got to unlearn some things. We got to relearn some things. But busyness, honestly, slows us down. The hustle is not meant to be that high level on 10, on 1,000, on 100, whatever, all the time. We got to slow down. I'm not saying you got to be old or nothing. I'm just saying sometimes we don't have to always be busy. Because when you're not focused, you're just on a hamster wheel. That hamster ain't going nowhere. It could have been doing that for 10 hours a day. Got his steps in, but guess what? It never went anywhere. Mm. In the same way, all the times that you say to everybody, how's your business? How's your podcast? How's that video coming? How's that promotion work coming? How's that this? How's that that coming? I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I dare you to replace that word with a goal that you set for yourself. How's mm. this going? I'm shooting to get to 10,000 downloads over the next six months. Right now, I seem to be hitting around two to 3,000, but I'm encouraged and I'm going to keep putting in that work to do that. Do you know how powerful that is? Versus yeah. saying, I'm busy. The extra five to 10 seconds of being very clear about your goal reinforces psychologically in your own mind what you need to do. When you say you're busy and you keep saying it out loud, your mind is being trained to think, this is where I need to be. Just constantly in this state of chaotic chaos and ecstatic and everything else versus am I being intentional with every move that I make? My time is not expendable. I have to be very intentional about every second I have on this earth with everything that I do. And I'm trying to get too deep, but it's true. That's just debunking the busyness. And so that's just my thoughts. Mm. That was fire, man. That was really good. Go ahead, bro. Don't gaslight me now. Don't gaslight me now. <laughs> yeah, I'd heard a, a, someone, I don't remember who it was, he quoted, he just said that the really successful people don't talk about how busy they are. Mm, I mean, sure. it's evident that they have busy seasons, obviously, mm -hmm. but you don't need to tell everybody how busy you are. Just like you don't need to tell people how successful you are or any of those things. They'll know <laughs> just by how you carry yourself and so forth. And not that your income is a hundred percent of what d defines your success, but anyways, so if we're talking about creating that message to connect with your customer, if someone is, someone is saying, okay, right now um, we're kind of in a, is, is there any anything unique now that we're in this COVID environment as far as like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but I feel it feels to me that the seasons are different now as far as connecting with people than they were even a, a year and a half ago, obviously. Is there anything, anything unique to how we're marketing now? Like I keep hearing a lot more about mailing uh, as far as like mailing list marketing. Maybe more because I'm in the in this into the in the space more now, but it seems to me that it seems to be a push bigger than it was a couple of years ago. Get your get your get your build your list bigger or so forth. Is there anything to that? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, Facebook was down like a month ago. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, gone. Finito. How many influencers? How many businesses? How many churches? 
How many nonprofits? Mm. All them folk, all the groups, all them folk with the blue checks, all them folk running Facebook ads who got the stuff algorithm figured out, gone. They have no way to talk to them. They have no access. They have no validation. The blue check's gone. Everything wiped off in a moment's notice. You are gone from those platforms. Now what? And if you never took the time to build an email list of those humans, of those individuals, of those supporters, of those buyers, of your customers, of your fans, of your community, I really want to ask yourself this. Would 99% of them go find you somewhere else? Probably not. No. You'd be lucky to get half. You'd be lucky to get a fourth. Because guess what? They too lost access to things. You're not priority number one to them. And so it's understanding I need to have something of my own that I control, my own land, that if something happens, I can connect. And what's the one thing we all have is an email address. Mm-hmm. That's power. Now, if you think of, we, we're living in a time where we have five generations working at the same time. Five. And so mm-hmm. email may not be as important, but that was a wake-up call for a lot of people, myself included. And I don't care about email. Not that I can't do email marketing. It's just not one of my, my greatest things I like to do all the time. But it was an eye-opening that we think social media has to be the way, the gateway to channel to the heart of our customer. And that is not the case. It is one. It is one of many that we have to communicate to. So building an email list is very important. There is some validity to that. And I think even now, that should tell you that even the more. We can't control. If all the social media platforms shut down, what are you going to do? If you still have email, there are people that email in like 10 minutes. They said, hey. The, the Facebook Live we're doing, our Facebook group, it's now a Zoom. Here's a link. And they kept it moving. Ain't miss a beat, okay? <laughs> not one beat. They got the money. They got whatever they needed to do. They delivered. It was not a beat. A lot of folk, they was praying to the Lord on high <laughs> that, Lord, uh, can this turn back on? Because I need to get my validation, my dopamine, my likes, and my money. <laughs> and so email list is very important. And in the same way, you know, if we're thinking of covid uh, what is done during this pandemic and you know some people are zoomed out some people are clubhouse out you yeah. know i i think in a, in regard i like to have people change and saying all the things i got to do to all the things i get to do mm-hmm. in a time where a lot of people don't even have the ability to connect and make money through this screen to have that voice being spoken to and heard through the screen to connect to other humans through the screen we get to have conversations through the screen but i guess what i ain't got to wear no pants if I don't want to. I ain't got to pay for no gas. I ain't got to worry about traffic. I can, in 10 minutes, put on an outfit, get on a podcast with some amazing men and talk the talk. And then when I'm done, go right to the fridge, get my wings out and watch the game, y'all. I don't have to go from downtown Chicago, get in my SUV, pay my parking and drive for a good two hours and hope to the Lord that there's no traffic. So we have to really reframe ourselves of, yeah. Look how much we lost. Look how much we gained. Look how much time we got back. If you imagine now in, in in-person settings, you know, you might not remember people's names. There's nothing personal. But on Zoom and other places, it literally tells your name. That's you can look right. things up and have conversations and throw them in. And I'm like, wow, you really know about me. You really did these. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to really think about the advantages of this instead of talking about what was me. This used to work in the past. Well, it ain't the past no more. It's mm-hmm. now. And the future is coming. Social yeah. audio is here. Virtual summons are still here. Now, we know we're transitioning back. And I know that was a long-winded thing, but I want to just bring some clarity and understanding here that when you're coming to marketing and adjusting, you know, we focus so much on the negativity, but there are people thriving in this environment right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just a mindset shift. 
instead yeah. of what do I got to do? What do I get to do? Hmm. Yeah, we started our whole show during the pandemic. <laughs> Literally. I did too. Literally. I'm like, oh, I need to do something. Podcast. Literally. <laughs> Have you found podcasting to be a great channel for you for any, and for anybody else who needs to market their business more? How's podcasting been for that? You know, I I told us when I started this, I told someone, I am not a podcaster. I am wow. a marketer who has a podcast. There's mm-hmm. a difference. Because I saw the podcast. I didn't think one time to check downloads. I knew if I created a podcast, here's what's going to happen. There's so many distribution channels that you can have your podcast into your RSS feed. For those who don't know, you create a podcast, get RSS feed, you submit the RSS feed to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the works. And so that's the context. You can spit it to anyone. So there's a lot of directories you can do. That alone over time is going to what? Build your SEO. So when people search you on the internet, you're going to yeah. rise up higher in search. So I knew if I distributed to 137 directories with my podcast, that means I'm using more clusters to give me back things back to my site and validate my efforts of who I am and what I do. Yeah. So that's an amazing business card to have because you put your name in on Google, you want to get 10 seconds to impress somebody, boom, what comes up? Here's your podcast. Guess what? You get to hear my voice, my modalities, my structure, my strategies, how I think in like five minutes. And mm-hmm. so that's how I saw podcasts originally serving for me. Now, I turned that into a sales funnel. You know, we all repeat ourselves all the time. We do this research and create. People don't understand though, how much effort, y'all, we put into these episodes. It's a lot of effort, y'all. Yeah, and you convert that episode to now saying, oh, just like you did, John. Okay, episode 32, this. Episode 37, this. And I can use that in my sales strategies. Hey, I have this problem. Go to episode 29. It talks about growth marketing. Boom. Hmm. If you're ready, come back, have a conversation with me. So now, again, quality of the content. I just took this piece of content. It increased my SEO. It is serving as my sales funnel. It's serving as a person that's not myself to convince somebody of my modalities, what I'm doing, what I'm about. Shows all the different layers of me in 30 30 minutes or less. And now you're taking this one piece of content and doing so many other things with it. But also, I'm a fast-winning talker. I don't like, I love writing, but I'm a slow writer. I'm a faster talker. So I took all my podcast episodes and I'll make it into a book, taking the snippets out and coordinating it all to a book because I can think things out. That's my way. So it's just understanding how the podcast can work for you. Now, that's different than when someone coming into podcast. I want to get 500,000 downloads. You know, I'm looking at Joe Rogan. That's my thing. There's so <laughs> many other lanes to how a podcast can be successful for your business, that's professionally good. and personally. If you want to be a better speaker, do a podcast. Mm-hmm. You will learn how annoying your pauses are. You yes. will learn to love your voice. You will understand the importance of a pause. Yeah. Dramatic effect. <laughs> so it's just understanding all that. And that came from just me doing podcasting. How to yeah. cut out the ums and the ahs. I still work on that, man. We all better. Do. We all do. Still work oh, yeah. on it. For sure. For sure. That. TD Jakes calls it the pregnant pause. Sometimes <laughs> the greatest, the greatest words that you can speak is in your pause, right? You yes. say something powerful, let that thing marinate, let it meditate for a second before you start speaking again, right? Troy, Troy, leave us, leave our audience with the last fire piece of advice or word, whatever is on your heart to say. The pressure, the pressure. Man, I just give y'all credit. I don't think, you know, I don't know. I've been listening to a few episodes. And I just want to give y'all credit for what you're doing. You know, I know Man. the listeners are appreciated. I appreciate it as a guest. Keep doing what you're doing. We need it. And so one thing I'd say to leave it with everyone, there's six steps to get you to where you want to be. 
and that's the clover. That's clover. I know acronyms, but it's easy to remember. Uh, the C is for clarity. Be clear about your objective. Write it down. I had I was in a clubhouse room uh, a few hours ago, and I asked everyone to, you know, in 30 seconds or less, tell me the goal that you want for 2022. And they said it. And I said, you know what? Next time, do it again and record yourself saying it. That way, anytime you struggle, you press you press that and hear your own voice tell you what your goal is to get you back on track. Have clarity. The next thing, L, is to have leverage. Leverage your time. Again, time is the most expensive commodity that you have. Leverage it like it's your every second matters. Leverage your community. Leverage people in your network. Leverage your family. Leverage your friends. Hey, right now, I'm trying to create a series of podcast episodes. I'm going to need you, honey, my kids, to kind of Give, me, give dad the space, give so-and-so the space, whatever it might be. Leverage people. Hey, I can't afford a mic right now, but what would you imagine? What would you suggest a mic on a budget? Like leverage your time. The next thing is optimization. This is the big one. Understand that no matter what you do, it may not always work. And in nine times out of 10, it won't work the first time. So you're always going to be optimizing and making modifications accordingly. Next, vision and value. That's for the V. What's between clarity and vision? Clarity is writing it down. Vision is manifesting it in your mind. I see it. I see what success looks like. I dream about it. I know what success feels like for me. Then and all the other part of the V is value. Everybody talking about giving value. Give value. Yes, give value, but make sure you're getting enough value back because value isn't a whale. You're in limited supply. And you need to make sure that your audience, the people you surround yourself with, who supports you, all are giving you value back because we're human. We need support. We need encouragement. We need motivation. We can't do this all by ourselves, no matter how bad you want to be. You can't do it all by yourself. God's designed to have another human to always open the door and help you. There's always someone else who's going to have to pay you, invest in you, fund you, give you access to whatever it is that you're trying to get to, right? And you could be listening to this amazing podcast. True, we didn't got all these letters. Now we at E. Execute. It don't matter. You can listen to all the podcasts, all the Gary V you want, all the Grant Cardone you want. You could be going to Bible class. You'd be reading the Bible. You could do all these things. Yoga, gym, all that stuff. You'd be like, oh, I'm reading all this stuff. If you don't execute, nothing can become. Nothing will ever be. And lastly, we can do all these things. We got to get results. <laughs> we got to yeah. see results. We got to hit goals. We got to hit numbers. We got to hit our milestones to show that we're on the right track for success. Again, Clover, clarity, leverage, optimization, vision and value, execution, and results. You apply Clover in your business. You apply Clover in your life. It will help you get to where you need to be more efficiently, more effectively, and you'll achieve your success. Listen, we don't want you to stop here staying connected with Troy. We want you to stay connected with him on all his social media platforms. You can find him at Find Troy. You also can go to his website, growwithtroy.com. You heard us mention the podcast. We want you to check out Troy's podcast, I Digress.fm. That's available on all streaming platforms. He's doing amazing things. Stay connected here with us, unscripted at Unscripted Leadership on all social media platforms. You can check out our website, unscripted-leadership.com. And of course, check out our podcast. It's available on all streaming platforms. 
Troy, again, we say thank you, man, for coming on, being an amazing guest, having this amazing conversation. I'm not going to call you a guest. I call you a brother. Man. All right, man. That, that chemistry that you brought, man, it was just a, it was a natural conversation. You definitely brought the heat. Thank you for having this amazing conversation on how to create content that connects. And to our audience, as always, we pray that you be the leader that God has called you to be. As always, we're here to build bridges and not walls. Bridges connect and walls divide. Until next time, God bless.